how to start. Well, you know, it's just writing. I mean, here's something important to remember about dialogue. Every word matters. No, it doesn't. They're modern. I want to go to this place that I think it needs to go to. The only thing that counts is what you see on the screen. I will write like four or five, six hours a day. And it will be a voice made of ink and rage. Okay, I'm, re I'm really glad you asked me that question. Welcome to Creative Principles. I'm your host, Brock Swinson. In this podcast interview series, I'll be speaking with writers, directors, actors, musicians, chefs, and various other types of creatives as we bridge the gap between creativity and productivity. Here we'll be discussing the habits, routines, and lessons that help promote a successful creative life. If this is your first time listening, make sure to subscribe on SoundCloud or iTunes. Make sure to also check out Freelancer Class, where you can learn how to become a freelancer full-time or part-time. The online course will teach you how to make money online as a writer, marketer, designer, virtual assistant, accountant, or salesperson. Stay tuned after the show to learn how to get access for free to this $99 valued freelancer course, along with some other free items on our website, creativeprinciples.live. In the movie Final Score, Dave Bautista stars as Michael Knox, an ex-soldier who must deal with deadly terrorists who take his niece hostage at a professional soccer match. The movie also stars Pierce Brosnan and Ray Stevenson. The film comes from Scott Mann, director of Heist 6 and The Tournament. Mann grew up as a fan of movies like Commando, and the film Terminator 2 is likely still his favorite movie of all time. In this exclusive interview, the director talks about working with Dave Bautista, seizing opportunities or using assets as a filmmaker, making fun movies that don't take themselves too seriously, how he avoids the safe zone of not making certain films, and how to turn weaknesses into strengths. I, I kind of, I've always wanted to make movies since I've been a kid, honestly. Like, I was a bit of a kind of nerd growing up, I guess, as a kid. I was always interested in animation, flick books, art, and that kind of thing. And, um, and I, I kind of, I started out doing like little animations. I remember as a kid on a, on my Amiga computer, and then, um, and then I saved up, um, I saved up. I remember uh, some money got a bit help for Christmas time with my parents and got a camcorder when I was, I think, twelve years old, and and just made loads of little film, like little tiny, like you know, naff little shorts, but loads of fun of like me and my brothers and my friends, kind of, kind of like you know, little versions of. Like Terminator 2, I remember when I was 15, I did this this short film called The Sneeze, which is in homage to Terminator 2, which is probably my favorite uh, action movie still to this day. Um, and and yeah, I did did short 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 films that kind of got me a job in TV. Um, and then I've always I've always wanted to um, to make films. I, I think it's a great, um, I, you know, I love doing it, and and I love I love telling stories really. And I, I think it's um, it's a great way to kind of look at. You know, it's a great way to have fun, obviously, but it's also a great way to kind of study the human condition a bit. And, and I think, I think even, you know, I get excited when even the genre movies, the best genre movies, actually, I think, study the human condition in some way. And and that's a really nice way for us to kind of experience an audience and look at ourselves. You know, and I think, uh, although that probably sounds too serious given my movie, uh, my filmography, um, uh, I think, uh, yeah, that's it. Really interests me, and I think. Um, yeah, I, I love doing it, and I was very lucky that you know I, I've 
I, I've always said the kind of attitude is just, just keep doing it. You know what I mean? If you really want to do something, keep doing it and through failure or whatever. But I've been, you know, obviously very lucky along the way that, that you know, that, that I've had certain opportunities and been surrounded by certain people that have helped me um, do this as a job. And so, yeah, I feel, I feel very blessed that um, I get to do this, really. So I am a very lucky guy, that's for sure. So if, if fans were to watch like some of your trailers, like for Heist or the new film Final Score, they might recognize kind of that that '80s or '90s feel of action. What what initially attracted you to those films? Like you mentioned Terminator, but do you like you know the actors, the the dialogue, the action? What was the main thing that you really liked about those movies? Uh, for this movie, well, the, for, for Score, it was really um, it was it was a very unique situation where we had where the producers um, had a had a had an opportunity to film at the stadium that was being demolished, and and they kind of set about making a film in in a really short amount of time to to kind of um, to do this. It was kind of it was a very strange kind of backwards coming forward approach. Um, and the writers, uh, the brothers Lynch, they'd done a screenplay that had surprised everyone how good it was, especially given the turnaround and time frame. It was like it, it was done in no time, and I, I'd, I'd read it, read an early draft of it, and then realised that even though even though there's kind of similarities to the movies going on around it, it was really kind of the originality within that was what was exciting. You know, it was so kind of absurd and bonkers, didn't take itself seriously at all. It was just a huge amount of fun. And and I've always wanted to do, you know, I'm, I'm British. I, I've, I've always been, I, it's, it's something I, I, I always kind of long for and I've always had an interest in. And my first first film, I kind of went there a little bit with a film called The Tournament. It was, it was set in the UK, um, but largely shot in Europe, actually. And, um, and this was a chance to shoot like a truly like British oriented British um, uh, uh, action movie in London, and and it uh, yeah, and I love that idea, and I love the idea of just kind of getting away from anything too serious, you know, Brexit and Trump and everything that was going on in the world. It was like get away from all that and just have a, make an entertaining action movie that that kind of competes as a real action movie. Uh, in the genre, uh, you know, but it has a British kind of um, sensibility about it all. So I, you know, that was what really attracted me into it and what, what you know, I, I wanted to, to do with it. And I, and I think, um, uh, yeah, and we kind of ran with that the whole way, you know. We, we kind of, we really kind of embraced the absurdity and the fun of it all. And, uh, and yeah, and just, uh, and tried to make it a good, you know, a good, a good movie-going experience. That seems really unique that they kind of, you know, use this time crunch and this situation to make a movie around the situation that was about to happen with everything. Have you ever done that before in some of your shorts? Have you, um, you know, used certain situations to make a short or you know, when you went out to like write or make one of these movies you made? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I, yeah, it's it's totally unique. It's like, yeah, it, it's definitely the, the weirdest situation that I've I've, I've come across, you know, like this, but uh, but yeah, I think you have to. I, I think you have to use your assets, right? You use what's there, and and uh, and sometimes as an actor, and there's availability of an actor, and a film can be built around that kind of pressure. Um, but, you know, sometimes there's there's a slot for uh, finance or what, what? You know, there's there's a million reasons to not make a film, and I think there's so many films don't get made, so many great films don't get made because there's not a reason. You know, because there's too many. Re- too, it, the safe zone is to say no. Let's not make this. You know, the risky move is yes. Let's make it. And I've kind of found that people. 
I think when people have something to lose, they're more inclined to say yes. And so as this film kind of built on itself, it was kind of like, all right, we have an opportunity. And, we, you know, and Mark Goldberg, uh, West Ham really kind of gave the film an asset to begin with that could be lost. It could be great to make a movie, but, you know, it, 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 you could lose that. And then when casting and the, the process goes, it, it kind of, you know, you, you know, Pierce attaches to the movie. That's more to lose if we don't make the movie. And then Dave attaches, it's all very, you know, you're kind of constructing this thing and trying to give people a reason to go for it because really, you know, a film is, you know, if you think about it, it's just like, it's, it's crazy, right? Like you get all these people together to do this thing that may or may not work. And there's so many kind of risks and it's expensive. You know, you're gambling like $10 million on this thing and it's, and, and you've got to, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to get a movie made for so many reasons. And I think it's very often that strange side on reasons are really, a, the re, you know, why a movie gets made, you know, like, um, yeah, it's like when they make remake the Spider-Man movies, right? They didn't they didn't do such a series of Spider-Man movies because they really thought this was the best thing for Spider-Man, and they they, they did it because they were trying to keep a right deal going. And it's crazy, you know, it's, it's totally crazy. But um, uh, I think, yeah, I, I think it, it happens probably more often than people realize that there's a strange reason, and, and very often people don't say it. You know, I mean, people don't want to say that about that's the the way this film came about because. You know, you try because often people create kind of a different narrative that sounds more wholesome. But, but, but yeah, in my experience, like, yeah, it's, uh, it's, you know, the crazy, it's kind of a crazy business and it takes kind of a crazy element to, to often get these things going. So, so yeah, but I've never had, I, like, like you said, it, it, I've never had it like this in such a scale. Like, I, I, I can't tell you, man, we, we lived at that stadium for, for the best part of like three months and, uh, you know, the first, few weeks of that it was to get the film made and it really it was really on a knife edge of whether it would go or not you know and and, and those guys were going to demolish the stadium whether we'd shot a movie there or not so there was this huge pressure to kind of just get it together and it was like and yeah and so it was so you're kind of thinking on your feet a lot and and i guess coming from like my background coming from like low budget films and you know low budget techniques i i've always tried to like i look i'm a big a big admirer of um growing up because because of you know adapting kind of low tech camera in camera techniques um with kind of you know fringe uh digital work kind of is is a really interesting place to to make films out films that really shouldn't be shouldn't be kind of working or sh- shouldn't be achievable even at that budget level you're able to do that if you can be inventive about filmmaking but it it involves it from the ground up so you've really got to be thinking of how you're going to make how how you possibly can make the film um and achieve it whilst you're writing it so you you look at final score and you say all right what well, you know i i i, I was Right, what can I do? Like, what can I do real? What can't I do? Like, it's fine for me to write, like, all right, a big spaceship comes along and, like, scoops up the stadium and it takes place out of space, but that's never going to happen because it's, you know, because we don't have the production resources, even even though it's a terrible idea. Um, uh, but you, so you have to look at, like, all right, what 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 can we pull off, right? And and things like we we bought, like, literally, man, we, we, we're a super low-budget movie, really, and that's, that's kind of the secret of why we're allowed to do a lot of the things we were able to do in the movie. Um, and, and things like, like helicopter, like, uh, you know, when we first said the word helicopter to get kind of a helicopter involvement, it was always like, there's no way we can afford a helicopter. And I, and I knew, like, the, this film could not afford a helicopter over London. Like, it's a very expensive endeavor. But 
you know, Matthew Button, the production designer, he found a helicopter carcass on eBay, which was incomplete. And he built out of like cardboard and plastic, the missing pieces of it. We hoisted it on a crane in a car park. And that, you know, we, we, we shot the hell out of the helicopter, you know, with a wind machine and really these low tech things. And it goes between that and, and a little kind of we did against the green screen, which you'd laugh at. It's got an action man that's kind of sawn off legs so he'll fit in the model uh, on the wide shot so that it cuts into this 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 crane on a crane car park kind of shell of an eBay um, helicopter. And and but it's you know but but you know you've got a helicopter so you can kind of write that into the, the film and and um, and yeah, I've done that with all the films like like Heist actually Bus Six Five Seven it was there was a bus going on it was like right the original draft of that script was too wieldy uh, wieldy and expensive so it was very much like all right how to re takes place a lot of it takes place on a bus but but takes place in a bus in a way that we can shoot it um that we're able to shoot it um for the budget we have so a lot of night like night scenes with tour man's process where the guy kind of runs past the bus with a light on to make it look like it's moving and two on sticks or you know in in a, in a dark room you know that that stuff holds up in the cinema but but it's very achievable to do, and I think, I think if you if you kind of invest wisely on on kind of moments of spectacle, but avoid them wherever you can in a way, and just do things that you can actually do for real, like you can actually jump a bike off a rooftop in a stadium. Yeah, that's a stunt we 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 went into and and found we could really do. So we did all that, you know, and um, and had that all become, uh, you know, it, had it been a, a a much bigger movie, it would have became of the effect kind of breakdown element shoot and it would have been a very different movie because of it. So, so yeah, so, so it's all those things kind of combine. It's a very long winter answer to say, uh, yeah, you kind of combine all these kind of assets and, and try and turn your weaknesses into strengths, I think. And, and, and that's how you, you know, try and get the most out of a movie that, that, uh, yeah, cause every, every film will never have enough money or time and enough resources that you really want. So you kind of have to be adaptable, you know, and, 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 and then integrate yourself into the process as a whole from conception to really get the most out of things, you know? We did an interview um, with the magazine I write for with the, the director of Mission Impossible, and they actually started doing that as well. They just go to the setting and then they write the action because it's actually, they can see what's going on better. So, so how does that work in a script? Do you, do you, did you actually take the writers to the stadium first, you know, like, or, or was that part of the three months? Or did they write a general outline first, or how did that kind of start? So, so the writers, so prior to me coming on, the writers had visited the stadium and written this kind of preliminary draft. And the first thing we did together was we all went to the stadium and we got access. This guy, funnily enough, this, this steward, who probably shouldn't have let us do this, but his name was Faisal. So we named the, the character Faisal in the script after him. Um, he he showed us around the stadium and, and um, he let us get access to all areas. Like he went on the rooftop. We did all this kind of crazy stuff. And just, and, and that really do here. What can we, you know, wouldn't it, what's the most fun we can have here um, that, that we can pull off? So we kind of, you know, like we went through those scenarios and did different things and, and, um, and yeah, and kind of hunted out spots because, in one respect, kind of being in the stadium could be restrictive because if you you know it's it's really a space, right? But it's like it's the unique elements of the space that you try and try and kind of make into something. And and I'm also conscious of action sequences where, as an action movie, you want different types of action, don't you? You don't want like if you have, you know, even two fights. If they're the same, that's not interesting, right? So you kind of like you know, or you want kind of a vehicle element. You want to kind of do more then you don't want to be repeating the same sort of action, basically. So so I was kind of conscious of that, too, of like, all right, let's 
like to be a good action movie, we've got to kind of have a different flavour to each set piece. And what is that flavour? What can we do? And and what can we really do here? And and yeah. And, and I remember like coming up with things like oh, when we all came up with like the swinging on a banner off. The, like it was so kind of daft, right? But you kind of like have 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 David teacher swinging off like some big banner. Like those banners were really there when we looked around the city. We were like, wouldn't it be bonkers if we did kind of a commando thing where he, where he, where he swings down here? And um, uh, and we're like, ah, but then you look at like how we to kind of tie that into your story, and it's like, yeah, maybe it could work like this, and and then we did, you know, and, and it kind of, and it all rides into each other. Like we had, we had a lot of sequences which, you know, which which were not achievable. Like it was supposed to be raining the whole last bit of the film for lots of reasons. We'd had set pieces of rain, but it was just, you know, rain's expensive, and and to be honest, the way we shot the film because we're on rooftops, it would have been dangerous. So we were like, look, let's let's not or rain but but we had this whole sequence like um with uh the kill switch which kind of which got reduced into what it is in the movie but like we had a whole kind of it, we you know we, like indiana jones vibe of like getting the vial of uh antidote you know um that was going on but it, it yeah it was it, you know certain things had to be jettisoned to make room for for more you know important things that follow the story but but we yeah we were very much like explored it and and like i said that's one of the fun things right if you take i think a lot of filmmakers do themselves a disservice if they close themselves off to kind of what was either written or falling in love with something that really isn't achievable. Like this process, I think, is when you kind of gather and you give yourself room to maneuver so you can adapt and kind of and use your assets and use kind of your strengths and fold them into the film. And and, and I think that's, you know, and, and I think we really did that well with Final Score. Like it does not look like the as a production budget of what it was really there to spend on the movie. Like we, you know, we used the asset of the location. We used kind of what we had. We used, you know, everything we could to put into the movies to make it enjoyable. And, I, and I'm, I'm very proud of that fact that, it, you know, that we pulled it off that way. But, um, but yeah, I think that's the way to make a movie. Like, especially nowadays where, this mid-range is so hard to 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 do, right? And to and to have an opportunity to do it's very you know there's less and less films like this coming out, um, and and the and in a way the kind of more creative you can be with it, the more chance you have of doing something like it because you you know you're able to to play in a space that's you know uh, being done at a reduced number, you know. So um, so yeah, so 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 using those as strengths is really the the key that I I kind of try to encourage. So what's kind of the benefit of working with someone like Dave Batista? I know you guys have worked together twice now. Uh, people might think of someone like The Rock, who when he got started, he could do a lot of his own action. Is that similar with Batista as far as kind of being his own stuntman in certain situations? Yeah, like, like look, Dave really kind of like, you know, fighting-wise, he's kind of, you know, he, he's... He's incredible at that, right? And his whole background kind of leans into that. And, and him doing that for real is something that you have full confidence, you know, like that, that he can do for real, and that really helps the scenes and the process, I think. Um, but, but really, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't like, he's got a, a great stunt double called Rob DeGroote, who does uh, all this big, big action stuff. And then Dave, you know, Dave's a, a great team player and he kind of, he knows that, that Rob basically makes him look awesome. And, and like, and it's integrating kind of what's, what's safe and what Dave is kind of, um, um, what Dave is, you know what safer divs do, and and also what what's going to be better if if Rob does, and and we kind of you know you develop it together, and you're kind of doing these things together. But yeah, I think I think uh, 
hats off to to an awesome stunt team, you know, and especially to Rob DeGroote, who just made, you know, who, who did some incredible work. Like, like, yeah, swinging out in a banner and, and all the crazy stuff that goes on in the movie. There's like... He absolutely, you know, he he did an amazing job. So I, I yeah, I think it's. But you're, you're conscious of that, you know. You're creating. Ultimately, you kind of create an illusion, right, on a film, and it, and you, again, you kind of use what you have, and it's great advantage to have Dave in a fight scene, right? Because you can shoot his face. You don't have to work around doubles. It makes it much more real. Um, and yeah, and, and when there's kind of wider spectacle to behold, where there's a real kind of risk involved, like yeah, Rob DeGroote kind of steps up and uh, yeah, does a tremendous job. So um, yeah, I think we um, yeah we, we kind of you know it's a team sport really, and I think we all yeah kind of approached it that way and 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 to benefit the film, you know. And just my last question. So you recently, uh, somewhat recently made the jump from shorts to full features. Do you have any quick advice for novice filmmakers trying to make their first full feature? Yeah, hundred. Yeah, I, I would say, um, I, I, like I've always said, you just got to do it. Like make a film, make a bad film. Like don't stop, don't wait for permission. Like no one's going to give you permission. No one's going to tell you it's time. No one's going to say, I trust you with this. Like, it's never going to happen. So you want to make a film, make, you know, use your resources you have and just make a movie. Do you know what I mean? Like, make it and don't worry about it not being the best film in the world. Like, you know, filmmaking is a muscle you need to exercise and there is a difference on long form than short form that the sooner you can get into exercising that muscle, the better. And and don't, don't you know, don't be put off by failure or people telling you you can't do it. Like, if you... If you love doing it, kind of just battle through and and yeah, take the kind of knocks as as education and and yeah and and enjoy it and um, yeah, I, I I always say like the just do it thing is you know you got a phone with a camera and you can make a movie like there's no excuse today and 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 um, you know yeah it's easy to kind of look around like people get chances and people you know you have good luck and bad luck but there is nothing stopping people making movies and and even if it's not even if it doesn't get to where you might want it to be don't try don't stop yourself from making a film by by saying you want to make the perfect one is is what i'd say which often happens right like people have that in their head that they've got to do this amazing splash and do this amazing thing and it's got and like try your very hardest put everything you can into it but don't be afraid of it and don't and just know that making a film and everyone in the community of filmmaking understands that if you make a film and finish a film, then that is a huge achievement in itself. Like, no matter how the film turns out, you have achieved, like, you've climbed a, a huge mountain that most people probably don't appreciate how huge a mountain that is until you're kind of at the top. So I think, uh, yeah, I think I would just say, yeah, get your head down, do it, and, and um, yeah, uh, basically, yeah, just, just make, make it no matter what is what I would say. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. Before you leave, don't forget to sign up for the weekly newsletter where you also get free access to the freelancer course, Master the Freelancer Mindset. This system will teach you exactly how to find clients online, which includes step one, the psychology of the mindset, step two, how to create a killer profile, and step three, how to find quality clients. This online course is valued at $99. It can be yours for free. In addition to the free course, you'll get access to the ebook How Hollywood Screenwriters Annihilate Writer's Block. This contains advice from Aaron Sorkin, Carrie Fukunaga, and William Monahan. You can find all of this and more on creativeprinciples.live. Visit the website for new interviews, articles, and the daily blog. That's creativeprinciples.live.